if you're passionate about it, you will find the hours in the day. I think just being very intentional about the hours and the amount of work that you put in is what's going to make it successful. And it doesn't have to happen, you know, overnight, build it up slowly and just build it up right. And then the rest will come and eventually it'll be self-sustaining and then you can build it as, as you see fit. Hey, I'm Cassidy Brooke, a full-time equine photographer with a passion for helping other photographers create the life of their dreams. When I abruptly quit my corporate job without any idea of what I was going to do, I suddenly found myself picking up a $400 camera, downloading a free app on my iPad, and taking photos of any horse I could get in front of my camera. That little hobby sparked a six-figure business, which allows me to live life on my terms. Now, I'm here to help you grow your photography business so that you can make your wildest dreams your reality. This is the Equine Photography Podcast. All right, so today on the Equine Photography Podcast, we have the lovely Kirsten of Kirsten Ziegler Photography in gorgeous Arizona, where I wish I was right now. Kirsten, welcome to the show. I mean, I wish you were here too. Wow. That would be so much cooler. It is 50 and raining here. And I just feel like I would have a much better time if we were like recording this together when it was like 80 and sunny. hundred percent. Yeah. That would be amazing. Over here. I'm super jealous. Anyways, why don't you just like introduce yourself a little bit? Like we're going to be talking all about your, how photography is kind of a side hustle for you and you have a full-time job and somehow manage both. So introduce yourself and tell us about your full-time job. Okay. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm Kirsten. Um, I am a full-time in-house graphic designer. Um, I do mostly, actually I do a lot of bit of everything. Um, but my job is mostly packaging design, um, digital requests, like, uh, social media, email marketing campaigns, but I also do print. So anything poster, brochure, trade show displays, um, pretty much a little bit of everything, but that is my, uh, full-time eight to five job. Um, and I've been there for three and a half years. Um, and it just so happens that that was about the same time that I started photography professionally as well. So I've been kind of balancing both, um, for quite some time now. Yeah. You're doing like amazing. And like Kirsten is the first person I send, like, I am terrible at graphics. I am not a designer. Kirsten is amazing at it. So whenever I'm like trying to design something and I'm like, Hey, I can't figure out why this looks like crap. And I've got like 87 fonts on it and like no color scheme. And I send it to her and I know she just like has a heart attack when I send her my atrocious graphic. So, um, but that probably like, what'd you say? Your margins too. (laughs) I say I didn't even know that was like a thing. Like I am going to stick to photography and not pretend like I know design stuff, but like, I feel like that, like your full-time job probably like, I mean, all, like all of that design stuff probably helps so much with like designing stuff for photography, like for your photography business too. Right. So like they kind of tie together nicely. Yeah, it does really help because I mean, I think the amount that I'm going to use any heavy graphics, um, it does come in handy that it, it's just like second nature to me and I don't have to spend a whole lot of time stressing over design. Um, like me and stuff like my website, um, that came pretty easily to me. Um, anytime I print flyers or do business cards, I mean, that is kind of like a little bit of a 
weight off my back. Yeah. That's amazing. So you said you started the job like three and a half years ago and that's when you started doing photography professionally too. Like why did you decide to start a new job and be like, I'm also going to start professionally taking pictures because I don't have like enough going on. Well, I guess I didn't set out thinking I would really build it, um, into what it is today. Um, I started photography because I really wanted black backgrounds of my horse, Leo. And there wasn't really anyone in the Valley that I could at least find at the time, um, who could do it to the quality that I wanted. And I was just kind of like, you know, I know how to work camera. I think I can watch a YouTube tutorial on how to do this. And, um, I did Leo's photos and I love them and pretty much it caught on from there. And my friends wanted photos and I just kind of built it from there. Um, and I, I did the horse and riders pretty early on. Um, I do more horse and riders now than black backgrounds, um, which is totally fine with me. Um, but it's just kind of nice. It, it just, I guess there was a need for it and a demand in my area, um, to have some variety and, uh, yeah, I just kind of filled the spot and loved it. And now I can't put a camera down. I love that. I love that. It was like such like a natural like evolution from just like, oh, I'm going to do pictures of my own horse to like, now you do pictures for like everybody you travel and do it. Like, I just think that's amazing. And I've loved, like, we connected like really early on. I feel like kind of in both of our journey, cause I've been doing it for like four years and I feel like we connected like super early. Yeah, for sure. I think it, I was probably just barely in it. And I think I reached out to you for one of your like, uh, like one of your ways that you were marketing and I had questions about it. So I was just trying to get my name out there and try and figure out what worked best for me at the time. Yeah. I love that. Like, it's been really cool. Like to see like just how much you've grown and stuff in your business and like what you're doing now. Like I've loved getting to watch it. And we did like our mastermind in the fall together. And that was like so much fun. We finally got to meet after like three years of talking online, like a weird amount. <laughs> yes. I mean, we can't go another three years without seeing each other again. Oh my so. God. No, hundred percent. No, we're doing a mastermind this year, like soon. Cause everybody keeps asking about it. So like, we have to actually start planning that. Like we need to get like a group together again. Cause it was amazing. Yeah. So what do you feel like, you know, I know a lot of people when they first start out, like, I feel like I was really like fortunate to be in a place where I just like kind of on a whim quit my full-time corporate job and started doing photography full-time right from the jump. But I know that's not realistic for a lot of people. Like I understand how lucky I was to have that opportunity. So like, how are you balancing it? Because I can't even imagine doing like, you know, what people don't understand that with being a photographer is like such a small person of your time is taking the pictures, you know, there's the marketing, the website, like setting up your LLC, like there's so much to it. So like, how are you managing, like juggling a full-time job and like growing. It's not just like you're like doing pictures once in a while. Like you are really growing your business and like killing it. Yeah. So I think starting out, you do have to, you know, dedicate a lot more time. Like, yeah, I would work like all day on the weekends to kind of set up all the back end stuff. Um, but I, I, I try to dedicate just specific days of the week that I'm going to work on either backend stuff or editing. And I make sure that those are my days. Um, instead of, for me, it works out better to just do it in chunks instead of sprinkling it. Um, but 
even then it takes a lot longer to do anything. Um, I can't launches are really hard for me. Like I can't just launch something huge. I almost have to just trickle it in because otherwise it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. It might take me two hours every night for a couple of weeks to like build my website or refresh something or make a, like an e-blast. Um, it just takes a whole lot longer, but I think if you're passionate about something, you're going to make time for it. Um, and some of my ideas, they just get pushed and that's okay. I just kind of have to be flexible and just know that my business is just going to have to grow on my time. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. Like, I think that's so important because I think a lot of people like start out doing it as a side hustle and they're comparing like their rate of growth and like how much they're shooting to people who are doing it full time and maybe who've been doing it full time for years, you know? So I think it's like really great. Like, I love that you're like chunking your time and not like, I, that's one thing I was thinking about. I was like, I feel like that would like stress me out so much because I mean, I worked a full-time corporate job and like, I would get home and I was just like, so like mentally drained and like thinking about like doing that and then having to come home every night and be like editing and stuff would just like overwhelm me. So like, I think that's like really important for people to hear. Like it's, great that you have like set days that you also work on your photography business. So you can be like prepared for that and like, not let it, like, I'm sure you could get to a place where you were working like 24, seven, 365 between full-time job and the photography stuff. Yeah, for sure. Like for me, my schedule, I usually shoot on the weekends, but I also don't want to edit on the weekends. Like that is still my time with my family, my friends, my horses, my dogs. Um, So I want to go to shoots and have fun, but then come home and really enjoy that quality time. For me, it works best if I'm just like on work mode Monday through Friday. And so what I'll do is I'll just edit or do back end stuff after dinner. Like I always do dinner with my husband and that's kind of our time to catch up. Um, And then after dinner, I'll go and edit for a couple hours and then we'll hang out. But I'd rather do that than spend six hours on my Saturday editing and having to, um, build my website and stuff. I'm like, no, I'd rather go grab brunch, ride my horse and go to a shoot and come back and go to a movie. Um, that's just kind of what works best for me. Yeah. I, but I think that's like so important. Like, I think that message is so important for people because honestly, like, okay, I think about everything, like, because I work out and love working out and I'm like tie stuff back to that. But like, if you think you're going to go to the gym, like, you know, just like once a week and work out for like eight hours, like you're not going to make any progress. But if you're like, Hey, I'm going to work out for like an hour, five days a week, you're going to make progress. So for you, like having a schedule that works, that's sustainable, like, and that still lets you like, you know, you have two horses of very different disciplines that you're wanting to ride and show and like a husband and dogs that you love that you, you know, are still making time for. And I think that's really important, you know, to have that like sustainability and be okay with like, you know, like, I love that you're just like, I'm okay with my business, like growing at the rate that like, I can have it grow at and not trying to like kill yourself. Because I think, you know, like if you would have just gone into this, like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to work like every hour. And on the weekends, I'm going to do two shoots Saturday and Sunday. And I'm going to edit all in between. Like you probably would have burnt out by now and like not wanted to do it all. For sure. And I mean, the busyness kind of comes and goes like some weekends I am doing morning shoots and evening shoots. But then I try, I try very hard to schedule one weekend where I don't have any shoots so that I don't have to 
pick up the camera if I don't want to. And that kind of helps me reset. I mean, do I usually do something with my camera anyway, because I'm addicted to it? Yes. But I have to have, I, it's not like I'm obligated to a client to make something happen. I can just go and take video of Leo for fun. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. Like, I think keeping like the fun in it, like I do kind of like a similar thing. Like last week, I did not do a single photo shoot. And I just like told myself, you know what? Like every, all this stuff that all these products I have to shoot, like it can wait a week because I was just feeling like really burnt out, like doing too much. And I just feel like I don't show up as like my best self as the best photographer and my creative energy just like needed a replenish. So I think that's so important to like commit to that, to being okay with like not shooting a weekend and like going and horse showing or like just, you know, doing your own thing and having fun. And if the camera ends up involved, like amazing, but if not just like being okay with that, you know? Yeah. It's definitely hard. Cause I feel like, especially in this like hustle culture, we just feel like we have to be doing something all the time. And I think being successful, especially for, I mean, anyone, but when you're making it a side hustle, you have to take advantage of those days off and be like fully um, just in it. Like, that's why I don't like to drag stuff out. I want to try and get home and yeah, I want to edit right away. But if I shoot on Saturday, I'll edit it Monday evening. And then if I can deliver it, then, then I have the rest of the week to hang out and I don't have to worry about it instead of just dragging my feet with editing an album. Yeah. It's like, it's like guilt-free relaxation. (laughs) Yes. No, I love that. I love that so much. But I like, I love what you said about like with hustle culture, because like, okay, I am like super like type a personality. Like I like stress out. I'm the same. Like I want to come home and edit that night. And I'm always like, Oh, I'm going to edit like one sneak peek. And then like six hours go by. And Bobby's like, I thought you were editing one. But it's not sustainable. And I mean, I have many times like burnt myself out to the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I do not want to do any editing. I don't want to take any pictures. And like, I think just, you know, finding that balance and like, I love like the structure you've set for yourself. Like I'm going to try and kind of like adapt that with myself because even though this is my full-time thing, like I really struggle with the setting, like chunking my time and not feeling like, you know, when you're a photographer and you're running your own business, like there's always something that can be done that needs to be done. Like your website always needs to be updated. You know, (laughs) like there's always an email you could send out. There's something to upload on social media, but like being really intentional with that time. Like, I feel like that's so important and making like making yourself do that is like essential to not killing yourself in this and actually having a business you love and don't dread doing. Yeah. And I think when you are feeling that like burnout, cause I've had, I usually kind of get stressed in the fall cause I want to get everything done by the end of the year, which is really dumb. I can deliver an album on January 2nd. Like, I don't know why <laughs> I have to get it done, but, um, if I'm feeling that coming on and I am just dreading trying to get work done, there's nothing wrong with just pushing it back. Like, I feel like we make these deadlines for ourselves and we really can push it back like two days. If we're going to be more productive on Wednesday, but we thought that we had to do it on Monday, like take Monday and Tuesday to rest and then go back at it on Wednesday with a clear head. Like it's not going to hurt anyone. And if it is like a real deadline and like, let's say you're giving them two weeks for an album and you're coming up on that two weeks, reach out to them like, a week ahead of time, be like, Hey, like, I'm just running a little bit behind. You're going to get your album on X date. 
and they're usually fine with it. Like I've had to do that a couple of times and clients are like, oh my gosh, yeah, take your time. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like everybody wants their pictures and I am the first to say like, I like to deliver stuff, you know, in like two days time, but it is like pictures. It's not heart surgery. And I'm not saying it's not important because yes, what we do is important capturing, you know, horses and their humans and the bond they have is very important. But like you said, like it's okay to like, take the time. Like, you know, when I'm in one of those zones where I'm just like flustered and burnt out, like I don't do my best work. So being okay with like being like, you know what, I'm going to wait 24 hours and I'm going to come back to this instead of like editing a whole album and then going back and being like, Oh my God, I totally messed up. Like the temperature on that. I need to go back and like re-edit everything. Like I used to, I used to like chronically do that. When I first started out, I would like edit a whole album and be frazzled the whole time I was editing it. Cause I didn't feel good about it. Then I would go back the next day and like re-edit again. So just like stepping away from it, like coming back with fresh yeah. eyes. hundred percent. I am a big believer in coming back at it with fresh eyes. Cause sometimes, I mean, it's just a fresh perspective and you might think something looks horrible and then you come back and you're like, Oh, it really wasn't that bad. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like pictures never look worse than when you're like all in your own head and like feeling so dramatic. And like, you know, I feel like this is like such a great conversation that we're having because I think like people need to know that like, no matter what level you're at. And like, even though we've both been doing this for like years and like, it's like that can still happen. And just like, it's not as bad as you think it is like walk away from it, come back to it another day and like, just start over. (laughs) Yes, definitely. There's, and like when, I don't know. I feel like I get overwhelmed when I have a project that I know will take a lot of editing. Um, it's like a bunch of trash can or like whatever that you, something you can't control that's in the background that you know you're going to have to go in and edit a bunch. I definitely get a little overwhelmed, but I feel like if you just chunk it up and, you know, maybe be really selective with your calling, I think that helps a ton. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That I'm the same way. Like when I have a black background session that was like really not ideal and I know I'm going to like spend like an hour editing each one, like there's nothing that makes me want to like put off editing more than when I know it's going to take me forever. But I also try and think about it. Like those are the ones that end up the most rewarding when like, like, I feel like Kirsten, you sent me one from, I hope it's okay that I'm saying this, like from a wedding and there was like somebody standing in front of the bride and groom and you had to like edit them out of all these pictures. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, yeah, that sucked. But like, look how good you made that look. Like it is the most rewarding when it like sucks like that. (laughs) The videographer that was in front of all the groomsmen's legs and had their camera in front of the bride's feet. Yeah. That was fun. (laughs) Oh my God. That like physically like makes me ill thinking about it, but that's like a great like turning point because I wanted to talk a little bit about how you've kind of like diversified this side hustle And not only are you doing all of the horse stuff, but you've also done some weddings. So like, let's talk about what that looks like to do, go from horse stuff to weddings. Yeah. So I kind of realized a little bit later in my photography that it's really important to do what you want to do and however much of that, that you want to do, because I thought that I was going to do, you know, weddings all the time. And I think for the side hustle, it's difficult. Um, it is very long days and I am an introvert and having to be on all day is very stressful and exhausting for me. Um, so I love to do weddings for people that I like 
and who I recommended to me and where I feel like I know them on a personal level because that makes it a lot of fun for me. Um, I've been included in small weddings and it just, you just feel like you're part of it as opposed to, you know, someone who just sends an inquiry onto your website, um, which can be great, but it's just not my jam. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like you are speaking to my soul because I am a hundred percent an introvert too. And I feel like one of like the like myths of photography is like the only way that you're going to make money in photography is if you're a wedding photographer. Like, you know, I was like, so like, lost in that when I first started I was like oh my gosh like there's no way I can actually make money like being a horse photographer and whenever you tell people you're a photographer they're like oh so you do lots of weddings and I'm like no I've actually like done one wedding and it was like the most stressful day of my life but like you know I love like your approach to that and like I'm 100% an introvert too and I remember being like so stressed out at the thought of like oh my gosh like if I want to make this my full-time job so I don't have to go back to the corporate world I have to do weddings but also the thought of it like gives me anxiety (laughs) Yeah. And I think you're not alone in that. <laughs> a lot of people think it. And, um, I, I think I'd be sad if I didn't do weddings. Um, I, like I said, love being a part of it. And I love, especially when it's people that I know and that I'm friends with, or, you know, at least like surface level, like, no, my best friend's not going to invite me to photograph her wedding. I would say no, first of all, but, um, I just love being involved in it. I love the experience of the day. Like I really loved obviously my wedding, but um, I just think it's something special that you can capture. And I think we all have different reasons for wanting to do different um, elements of photography, but you got to find what you like, why you like it and decide how much of that you're going to do. Yeah. Do you like really limit like how many weddings you do just because of like the stress of it? Like, cause I'm sure you could be doing that like every weekend, but that would probably be like too much. Yeah. I try, I think I have four or five on my calendar this year, which is plenty. Yeah. I don't, I, I might take on a couple more if it's like, they're like, Oh, I'm going to have my wedding at a barn and my horse is going to be there. I'll be like, sign me up. <laughs> but um, I think I just try and be selective about it and just so that way I can put in 110% on their wedding. And I do it with the horse stuff too, because um, I think we've talked about how black backgrounds stress me out um, and those burn me out the quickest. So I try not to advertise them or post them that much because (laughs) I do love doing them, but I, I can't do the 10 a day at a barn. It just, and then do them again and again and again. It just stresses me out. So yeah. I love to riders. I've yet to get burnt out from those. I feel oh. like, cause they're different every time and they're a lot of fun. And I like working with people and their ponies. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's like such an important conversation because again, just like how, when I first started and I feel like a lot of people fall into this trap of thinking like the only way that you're going to make money is by doing like, you know, wedding photography, or the only way you're going to make money is if you go and do 10 black backgrounds at every bar. And like, I, I mean, no, like you can make a lot of money doing any one of those things that you want to do. And like, I really think like the way that you're going to, you know, have the most successful business, both in like you know, financial terms and just like overall happiness. Cause you know, I think success is 
way more than like just how much, like how many dollars are in your bank account? Like success is your like overall feeling. Like, are you happy when you're by yourself? Like, how do you feel when you're alone? Like that to me is success because I know plenty of people who have lots of dollars in their bank account and who are unhappy. So I just feel like knowing that, like what, like being like, I love how like hyper aware you are Kirsten of what suits you and your personality. And I think that's so important, like to being successful in this industry. Like I love black backgrounds, like, especially like now that I've got like such a system going. So now like I can do lots of black backgrounds and not feel stressed about it, but I know weddings would give me severe anxiety and I would do a horrible job because I would be like the whole time frazzled. So I think like that, like self-awareness, like is such a key part of having a like a successful photography business and not just thinking, well, okay, I see Kirsten is doing like weddings and she does horse stuff. So I must have to do that to be successful. But like, it might be a person who loves doing 20 black background shoots in a weekend and sitting there and editing for hours, you know? Yeah. And I know, yeah, people get dressed out doing horse and riders. Like they, they don't feel like their, you know, strong suit is posing people. And I love posing people and I love trying to just get really creative and let those sessions kind of guide themselves. And I think it's, that's what like fuels my soul. And I know I said black backgrounds stress me out, but then I don't do them for a couple of weeks. And I'm just like, like I have one on Saturday and I'm super excited. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes. So it's like, it, I think it's all what you want to do and how much of it you want to do it yeah. because there is definitely a balance to your business and, and your happiness and your mental health and how all that works together. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, I like, it's funny. Cause like literally the next talking point was going to be just about like finding like the right balance of everything. And I think that's something like, I will not say that I've mastered that. And like my husband would a hundred percent tell you that I have not mastered having like balance in my life because I am like, I will work like 26 hours a day and then I get really stressed out and really anxious about it. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, I haven't stopped working in like five weeks and I need to like put my camera down. So I think, you know, just like finding that right mix. Like, yeah, I do the same thing where I'm like, oh my gosh, I've done a hundred black background sessions in a row and I don't want to do one again. And then like a few weeks go by and you're like, oh my gosh, like I really am dying to do a black background session. So I feel like, you know, figuring out that like recipe of like what works for you. Like I have realized that like, I cannot shoot like five or six days a week. Like I am at my prime if I am shooting like four days a week and no more than that. And that's when I bring like my best self. That's when I think I do the best work when my creative energy is high. And I think that's a little bit different for everyone. You know, some people maybe could do 10 shoots in a week and some people can maybe do one shoot in a week, but like finding that balance is so important. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think that we also, at least I do it is I get an inquiry and I think I have to book them as soon as physically possible. Like you're available on Saturday and it's a Wednesday. Let's do it. No, like I try to give them my actual available date and you know, they are usually fine with that. And if they really have something that, you know, an ad deadline or, you know, their move, like whatever outside factor for them having a tight deadline, like, yeah, I'm going to work with that. But if my next available date theoretically on paper isn't for eight weeks I'm gonna push that date for them first because then I don't overwhelm my current schedule 
Yeah, that is, I mean, that is just so important. And like, this is honestly something that I'm like constantly learning and trying to figure out, but yeah, the, like that, like fear, like, you know, lack mentality where it's like, oh my gosh, if I don't book them for like tomorrow, then they're going to go with somebody else. Like, no, they probably reached out to you for a specific reason because they like your style and they're going to be willing to wait for your availability for four weeks. Like it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. They exactly you I mean you hit the nail on the head like they came to you they want to book you they will wait and if they can't wait they will specify yeah and if like if that doesn't work for them then I mean you'll figure it out (laughs) yeah I think that I mean that is like another like okay so like some somebody reaches out to you and like yeah there are like certain instances where you know I've had somewhere like I literally do like the next day because the horse is about to be put down or you know is leaving something like, you know, where it really can't be pushed off. But for the most part, like if you start out your relationship with a client, but like, and I preach again and again on how, like, I swear, like the key to my success has been that I under promise and over deliver. So I'm never one that's going to be like, no, don't go above and beyond for your client. Cause I'm always trying to go above and beyond for my clients. And I feel like that's the key to success. But like, if you start out your working relationship with a client and it's like, okay, like you want to do tomorrow. Okay. Not tomorrow. Okay. What about the next day? Okay. What about like, that's not going to be a good look. Like, and they, you're going to set this like crazy expectation for them that like, you are going to have everything done in eight seconds. And it's going to be really hard to over deliver because getting stuff back in six seconds is like impossible. So setting like a, I mean, I like, I have clients that text me, like, I love to help them like with outfit stuff. Like if they're stressed about something, like I am, I don't have like a super clear, like professional, like you can only email me between these hours. So like, I don't, I wouldn't say I have like that part separated, but like, I think it's really important to set the tone early on and not try and like, you know, overkill it and be like, well, I can shoot tonight if you want. Like that's not going to like set a good expectation. Yeah, totally. I agree with you 100%. Um, I think it's, it's so much about what works for you because everyone's individual. I know photographers that have office hours and, you know, don't give their clients their phone number and only want to email and stuff like that. And I'm pretty upfront on my website everywhere that I want to be best friends with all my clients. Like (laughs) it's true. And I, I've even turned clients into my best friend because like, I have one friend who now comes and visits me and like we text every single day and that is not even weird. Like I talk to all my clients. We're all friends. Like, sorry, sorry, not sorry, because that's apparently how I make friends these days. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, that's just my, my style and maybe that's not yours and that's okay. Yeah. I, so like, I love like where this, the conversation's going so much because I just think about when I first started out, like I thought there was like a by the book way you had to do everything. And it's like, if so-and-so is doing stuff this way, that's the way I have to do it because they're successful. And the only way to be successful is to do it the way they're doing it. And like, that's just not true because just, I mean, like I literally said today, like, uh, to a friend who like posted something about photography, like my photography. And I was like, basically the only reason that I even have friends is because of my camera and horses. And like, I love that. I love that. I like connect with so many of my clients and that I talk to them on a regular basis and I become friends with them, but there 
there are plenty of clients out there who don't want that kind of relationship and they're not my clients, but there's people for them, like who have office hours and that's perfect. And whether you're the kind of person who wants to have office hours or you're the kind of person who makes best friends who come visit you because of they were your clients at one point, like either way works, there's clients out there for all of us. Yeah. I think that kind of ties into your first episode. Like (laughs) there's so many horse owners out there. So many. Like, and it's insane. they have their own photographers. So yeah, totally. Yeah. Like there is room, like, this is just something that like, again, when I started out, like this whole podcast, like, I feel like I want it to exist because when I first started out, like, you know, it was really hard to find, there was so much information out there. And like, I had mentors and bought courses all basically around like wedding photography, because that was really the only information I could find. And like, I want this podcast to exist, to be having conversations like specifically about equine photography. And like, there is just so much room out there. Like I will never discourage somebody, even somebody in my area. Like I do mentor sessions for people locally to me who would be like considered my like competition. I, you know, have like online courses where I teach photographers and even people who are in my area, because I'm like, I have a specific personality type. I have a specific style. I have a specific way I run my business. Like there are people that are for me and like nobody else could be exactly that. Just like there's people that are for you, Kirsten, that might not be like the right clients for me, but they are the perfect fit for you. And everybody should have the opportunity to have a photographer that's right for them. Yeah. I, couldn't agree more. And I think when we talk about like an ideal client, um, I feel like the way that I thought about it when I first started out was like, okay, here's like the age range. Like this is what they ride. Like this is what they wear and stuff like that. But the more I've thought about it, it's so much, it can be so much more like diverse than that. Like I would say my ideal client is someone who just really loves their horse, loves playing dress up, lives for epic moments, like isn't afraid to go big or go home. It doesn't matter how old they are, what, what kind of horse they have. Like they just want to go out there and have fun and, you know, make some memories and play dress up and like, let's do it. Like, yes. <laughs> that's oh my, my ideal. I am like, if like, this is going to be obviously podcast, so people are only going to be listening, but I am like, heck yes. Like to all of this, like, I feel like, like, yeah, you're so right. Like in the beginning when you're like starting out, it's like, oh, you have to have like an ideal client avatar. And like, I remember in one of the courses that I took when I was first starting out, it was literally like, what age range are they? Like what, you know, where do they work? Where do they shop? And I'm like, I feel like it's like a feeling. It's not any specific, like my ideal client looks a billion different ways, you know, like it doesn't have to be this like, Oh, she is like 16 to 19 years old. She lives 12 miles from my house. And she only shops at Neiman Marcus. Like, it's not like that at all. It's like a feeling of connection, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. And I think that also kind of goes like, I don't know. I like to help my clients with styling and stuff too. And your clients come to you for your style. So I think saying that your ideal client, you know, only dresses Western is really limiting because sometimes, you know, they don't want, that's not them and that's fine. And, but they come to you for your style. And if your style is, you know, like using the parachute dress, then they're going to want to do that. Like, I think, I, I think the idea of the 
um, what you said, the ideal client avatar is far too limiting. It really is. And I feel like it messes with people a lot because you're trying so hard thinking that like, you just have to have this like one tiny percent. Like there's probably like five people who look like the exact ideal client avatar that I created like four years ago when I started that course. And like, it was just like such like a limiting mindset to think that that was the only type of people. Like I've done shoots for like eight-year-olds with their pony and I've loved that. Like, and it's been so much fun and they've had great energy and I've done pictures for people in their seventies with like their dream horse that they finally got. And like that, I couldn't write into like an ideal client avatar, you know, like that just wouldn't work. Yeah. And then I, with that ideal client avatar, I felt like I was always disappointed. I was like, Oh, but that's what I want. Like, why am I not booking this? And it's like, cause it's so much more than that. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. It does. It like sets this like weird expectation and thinking that like, no, I need to say no to that person because they're not like the right fit. And I need to only be posting pictures of the right fit. Cause that's what I want to be booking. Like, no, the right fit for me is like, you know, somebody, like you said, who is like obsessed with their horse, who wants like memories to cherish forever, who doesn't care about like the perfectly posed pictures, wants like the loving on their Mm -hmm. horse type pictures. And that doesn't have to be any certain age range or discipline. Like it can be anything. So being like open to working with more than like that little tiny, you know, those five people that are your ideal client avatar is like huge. Yeah. And I think, um, I don't know. For me personally, I know that most photographers, they'll have like kind of their set poses and, you know, clients will book them because they look a certain way and they know that they can get that. But I think I've tried to kind of diversify and be like, and truly like let the clients guide it. I don't think I've had any shoots that have been super similar because we're always mixing it up. You know, the horses are different. The people are different. What they want to do isn't going to be the same every time. And so I think, you know, your set routine can kind of be a guide, but also like have fun. Like if you want to, like, honestly, unpopular opinion, but if you want to test something out with a client, like do it. Yeah. No. Oh my gosh. Just like goes backfire knock on wood. (laughs) This like reminds me of a post you made and I feel like you made it like a long time ago, but it might be like creepy that I remember it and I'm about to like sort of quote you, but you were talking about how like, no, I'm not going to recreate this exact picture for you of a different client because your horse is different. Your style is different. Our evening is going to be different together. And I was like, oh dang, she's so right on that. Like I've had so many clients that have like shown me screenshots of pictures either I've taken or other photographers have taken and they're like, Oh, I want to like recreate this. And I'm like, but that horse was different than yours. And the way that horse, you know, like stood was different and everything, you know, like, yes, I will try and like capture something similar, but you know, like you said, like every session is going to be so different. And if you feel like you have to like, have like this, like strict, like for black background sessions, I have like a systematic, like posing flow that I go through. But for horse and rider stuff, it's like, and I teach this in the Egoine Photography Academy, like I have like posing principles that I use and not that I'm like, I didn't like go to school for this. I'm not like some, you know, working in New York on like fashion stuff, but I have like principles on how I like make people look the best, but it never looks the same for two people. And it's not ever going to be the exact same pose. I'm going to work with that person and that horse that's in front of me that day. Yeah, hundred percent there's so many times when people, it it does happen a lot where they're like, I want this photo. I want like this exact photo. I'm like, 
that's not going to happen. And every time I've had that experience, the client is always like, oh my God, like this is so much better than I could have even imagined. Like when they get their images, because it's them. It's like, you can look at so-and-so's image and just be inspired by it, which is great. I think drawing inspiration, even from your old work is amazing, but yeah, you can't recreate anything no matter how hard you try, you cannot copy and paste. No, especially with horses. Like, you know, and I love that, like what you said about like using it for inspiration. Like, I think that is like a really important thing to talk about is like not trying to like recreate other photographers or even your own, like make exact copies of something, but like, you know, like figuring, like feeling inspired by it and saying like, Oh, like maybe I could have done this a little bit differently, or maybe, you know, the lighting's different that day. The horse you have in front of you is different. And like, doing what's best in that like certain situation instead of feeling like you have to be in this mold because like I can't tell you how many times like I when I started out like I would have a really well-behaved horse and I could flow through these poses like really quick in this like structured way that I had then and you know when the horse was well-behaved all is great but if a horse is not well-behaved doesn't want to stand still like you have to be able to just like go with the flow so I feel like you know bringing that into every session where you're just like painting the picture that's in front of you instead of like trying to do a paint by numbers of your last session is like going to be way less stressful. Mm -hmm. Yep. I agree. And I think just to circle back with like the drawing inspiration, I think something that I try to hit, um, if I see an image that I'm in love with, I try and figure out what it is specifically about an image that I like. Was it the lighting? Was it the pose? Was it, you know, what angle the camera was at and draw inspiration from that. Like, I'm not going to try and copy someone else. I'm going to be like, okay, you know what? That pose was really cool in the direct sunlight. Let me play with some poses in direct sunlight or, you know, these barn aisle images were really cool where she was doing X, Y, and Z pose. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to do a barn aisle, but I'm going to do it differently. So I feel like just getting really specific on what draws you to an image instead of just actually the image as a whole. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. That is like absolutely brilliant. I, I love that so much. Like, I think that's so important because, you know, we can get so sucked into like scrolling through Instagram and screenshotting and going on Pinterest and pinning all these images and then trying to recreate them and then feeling like, you know, like a little disappointed in ourselves when we didn't recreate it exactly like it was. And I love your approach to like picking out what is it specifically about that image that you love? Yeah. That's huge. So since you were talking about how you love like horse and rider sessions and posing and stuff, like what do you do? Like, do you ever feel stuck while you're posing? Like, is it ever, you're just like, Oh my gosh, like, what do I do next? And like, if you do, like, how do you get yourself out of that little, like creative, like hiccup? I will. I mean, I feel like usually if that happens, it's because the person is, you know, not warmed up or anything. Because I try and help set my clients up so that they start to kind of self-guide a little bit, um, which helps loosen them up. But if I'm just really stuck and the person's really stuck, I just try and move locations a little bit. Like if we can try something else, even if we start at the same, like a similar pose, like let's mix it up or I'll flip them around or, you know, we'll just try something that we hadn't yet. And if I need to, um, most of the time, some like clients will send me like some other inspiration or something. And I'll just kind of circle back to that. 
let's start at ground zero and build from there. Yeah, absolutely. I think so many people get themselves like frazzled and worrying about that. Like that's something I hear from so many photographers. It's like, oh my gosh, like I just get like so stuck when I'm posing. I feel like lost and I'm like, and I feel like that's like such a common theme. Like I've seen so many Instagram reels and like TikToks lately. It's like, you know, when you're posing people and then every pose that like you've ever thought of like left your brain. And like, I think like, like you said, like moving to a new location, just like doing like a quick reset, like is so important. Like I always am like, if if I just feel like totally lost, I just have the client like walk towards me and walk away from me and, or just like love on their horse. Like just that little bit, like you don't have to feel like every second of every photo shoot is like, put this pinky right here. Like, you know, like you said, I love like how you kind of have them like self like directing and like feeling more comfortable in front of the camera. So they're not like, where do I put this pinky? You know? For sure. I think like specifically to, um, having them, I don't know best way to wear this, but like props or like a shifted perspective, um, also help like not so much props, but like if you can find a rail for them to lean on, or there's a lot that you can do with a arena fence. Um, and that stuff like that, or I've done it too, where I've put them in a barn aisle and instead of photographing into it, you photograph out where you get the silhouette instead of, you know, them and just kind of doing stuff like that. It's kind of, um, we're almost doing the same thing, but not quite. And then you can build from there. Totally. And like something that like you said earlier about how like you totally do try stuff on your clients. Like, I mean, I do the same thing sometimes. Like I will just like, Hey, I haven't tried this before, but it feels so right in this moment. And like, the thing is, if you do that, like, you, it, you don't have to deliver every single picture that you took, even if there's a location or something that you tried and it, you know, you, you're taking a few pictures and like, it doesn't work. You're like, Oh, this is not what I thought it was. You can just quickly be like, okay, like I got everything I wanted here and like move to the next location. Like you don't have to feel like trapped and like stuck there, like be okay with like moving to the next spot and like not go on. Try something else. Exactly. Like a hundred percent. Oh my gosh. I love this conversation so much, but I know we have to wrap up soon. I just kind of want to end with like, because I feel like you're like killing it with the side hustle and like running your full-time business and freaking showing hunter jumpers and rainers. And like Kirsten constantly makes me think that I need to buy a rainer every time she posts her adorable chunky booty quarter horse martini. He's the cutest thing ever. And she makes me want to like sell a kidney so I can buy a reining horse. But anyways, on that note, like what piece of advice do you have for somebody who maybe hasn't started doing this like professionally yet, but they want to start a side hustle, but they're like, so worried. They're not going to have the time to dedicate to it. And they already, you know, like most people feel like, Oh my gosh, I don't have enough time for what I'm doing right now. Like, how am I going to start a side hustle on top of this? Well, I think if, if you truly want to do it, you will find time. I mean, I kind of mentioned this before, but like, if you're passionate about it, you will find the hours in the day. I think just being very intentional about the hours and the amount of work that you put in is what's going to make it successful. And it doesn't have to happen, you know, overnight, build it up slowly and just build it up right. And then the rest will come and eventually it'll be self-sustaining. And then you can build it as, as you see fit. Like if it takes you three months to build a website, that's fine. Do you really need a website? Sure. But if you can maintain clients and, you know, I book most of my shoots through word of mouth, um, then, then just 
sell them on you and the rest will work its way out. Yeah, totally. I love that. Love that perspective. Kirsten, thank you so much for coming on today. Any like final thoughts or anything you want to wrap up before we hop off here? Um, I don't think so. I think this was awesome. I know. Like literally I'm feeling like fired up. I'm like, heck yes. Like, can we just have one of these conversations like every day? Like I think Kirsten needs to be like a weekly podcast guest on top of her. Like we just talked about how much she already does. You bad it. It's fine. It's fine. You're fine. You have more hours in the day than the rest of us or something. I mean, I try. Nailing it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. What is your Instagram? So everybody can go and follow you and see all your pretty work. Oh, it's um, at Kirsten Ziegler photo, which I know is really hard to spell. (laughs) (laughs) I will put it in like the show notes so they can find you in the show notes. I will link it there. And of course, post on like my Instagram and stuff because everybody needs to see all your beautiful work in the desert. I'm like super jealous of your desert shoots. But also more importantly, they need to see Martini. Uh, yes. And Doug. She has a really precious golden retriever. And I cannot believe it's the end of this interview. And this is the first time I'm mentioning Doug. Kirsten, do not tell him that. I won't. I'll I tell him. him you brought him up first. Perfect. He doesn't. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Kirsten. Yeah, it was super fun. Thanks for having me. Of course. Hey, I'm Cassidy Brooke, a full-time equine photographer with a passion for helping other photographers create the life of their dreams. When I abruptly quit my corporate job without any idea of what I was going to do, I suddenly found myself picking up a $400 camera, downloading a free app on my iPad, and taking photos of any horse I could get in front of my camera. That little hobby sparked a six-figure business, which allows me to live life on my terms. Now, I'm here to help you grow your photography business so that you can make your wildest dreams your reality. This is the Equine Photography Podcast.